I had a hat on and I was dressed in just kind of baggy clothes and I had this beautiful baby in my arms. I looked at myself holding my little baby and I thought, wow, you are, you don't look the same. And so I realized that just because I, you know, gained a little bit of weight and I had, you know, gotten older that I had just kind of given up my beauty power. Welcome to Ask the Beauty Advisor, a podcast that answers your health and beauty questions. Hosted by health and beauty advisor, Deanna Lynn. Hey, thank you for tuning in today. I am very excited about today's episode because I have a very special guest for you today. She's a makeup artist, hairdresser, businesswoman, and author. Today, on today's episode, I have the very talented Sally Van Swearingen. Sally is a internationally known total beauty artist with a passion for bringing out a woman's best features to make her look and feel gorgeous. Called one of the best makeup artists in the country by Allure magazine, she has spent over 25 years creating beauty as a makeup artist, esthetician, and hairstylist. She has written one of the best beauty books I've ever seen on Amazon. Her book is called It's Not Over Yet, Reclaiming Your Beauty Power in Your 40s, 50s, and Beyond. We are lucky enough to have her here today. She's going to be sharing some of her inspiration and beauty advice from her book. So be sure to stay tuned in because this is one interview you don't want to miss. We're going to do a quick 10-second message from our sponsor, and then we're going to jump right into my interview with Sally. I have discovered a very effective new line of natural organic skincare that I want to tell you about. I've been using Prestina Organics Facial Cleanser and Toner, and I love the products. They were formulated by a licensed dermatologist after six years of testing on her own patients. They contain a unique blend of soothing but powerful ingredients, including thyme and lavender. The toner, according to patients, has also addressed problems with acne. Prestina Organics also offers a totally unique, natural, aguave exfoliating washcloth. It's eco-friendly, sustainable, and biodegradable. The products are exclusively available at Amazon. And for your convenience, I have posted a link to their Amazon store in the show notes. By clicking on the link, you can check out the products while listening to today's episode. Hello, Sally. Thank you very much for being on today. I think this is going to be a really fun and exciting interview. A welcome to the show. Hi, Deanna. I can't wait. It was fun talking to you a little bit before the show. Sally and I actually met years ago, and I think it's been about 30 years since we worked in that salon together. Oh, my gosh. I know. And we already made lunch plans. Yep, that's right. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. I think it'll be awesome. Bring back some good memories. (laughs) Now, when I first met you, you were fairly well-established. And I was just breaking into the business. So tell us, Sally, how long have you actually been doing makeup? I've been doing makeup, oh gosh, what, 25 years, over 25 years. And I started when I was in my early 20s. And that kind of tells you my age, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't feel too bad, Sally. I'm still the oldest here. I wish I was your age. (laughs) 
Oh, well, it feels good. Though. It's good. As long as you, you know, keep in shape and you take care of yourself, it, it feels good. I find the secret is to keep busy. Just keep busy so you don't have to think about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Stay busy. Yeah, stay busy and watch your health. <laughs> anyway, Sally, I wanted to ask you, where did you get started? How did you get started in the makeup business? Well, I actually uh, I was trained in Thousand Oaks. And I went to a beauty school there that's not there any longer. And I got what's called a cosmetician license, which now they call esthetician. And I went for skincare and makeup. But then later, much later, when my daughter was three, and she's 17 now, I went back to school for hair. So now I'm a total beauty artist, and I do hair and makeup, and I'm a salon owner. So I've kind of grown, you know, into other um, avenues. Okay, well, wow. I didn't know you also did hair. Yes, and also uh, you asked who who started me. I worked with Chanel, and that was a great experience. Chanel was a wonderful uh, time, and I worked in the stores. I was on their teams, and we used to travel to different department stores, and it was just a great experience. But that was probably my only retail uh, part of my career. The rest was on set and working with brides. Sally, you and I have been in the beauty business, well, all of our working lives, it seems like, and uh, we've paid our dues, and you certainly deserve all the success that you've achieved. You now have a salon. Tell us a little bit about your salon. Where is your salon located? Yes, we have a salon in Valencia. It's called the A-List at Indo Salon. I'm on Cinema Drive in Valencia. I had a little tiny place in Newhall, California for almost seven years. And then I collaborated with a Hollywood makeup artist. Her name is Janet Barajas and we collaborated together. And now we have this gorgeous, beautiful, much larger space on Cinema Drive. So you have to definitely come out and see me. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'd be delighted to come out and see your place. That would be brilliant. You have grown so much since the last time I've seen you. Do you also have other hairdressers and makeup artists working under you? Yes, we do. We have a staff of nine, and they're all independent, and that's how we like to do it. Everyone's independent. We work together, and I just, I'm so excited to say I finally, after all these years, hired my first assistant. Her name is Gabby, and it was it's kind of exciting because I've had a lot of people working with me, freelancers come in, but um, this is the first time I've hired an actual employee to work right next to me. And it's very exciting to train her. I'm also training my daughter, Bridget, in everything. Bridget starts beauty school on June 20th. Wow. So she's carrying on the legacy. Wow, that's pretty exciting. You are definitely a busy lady. I don't even know how you found time to write your book. Oh, my gosh. My daughter said if I write another book, she's leaving town. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, how long did it take you to write the book? You know, it, it, people ask me that all the time. I think that you could write a book in six months. If you go, you know, just hold yourself up somewhere and lock yourself away from the world, you could certainly get it out. Uh, it took me, I would say, about two years to put it together because you write it, you know, in between other projects. But I think that when it was getting to completion, I was able to finish it 
pretty quickly toward the end. So when, I don't want to scare authors off. I think that people need to know that once they write the skeleton of the book, you know, what are the chapters are going to be, then you can put it together pretty quickly. But that's the hardest part is starting it and deciding what, what the vein of the book is going to be about. Well, it really is a beautiful book. It's put together quite well, and it's a really interesting book. And it caught my attention right away. So you are a lady of many talents, that's for sure. How did, how did, you, how did you see the book? I, I meant to ask you that. Did you find it online, or how did you find my book? Yeah, I actually found your book on Amazon. I had been searching for a topic and an author to interview for the show, and your book just stood out, and it was, you know, it was really nicely put together. And then I recognized you, which was an amazing, you know, I thought, wait, I know her. So... So I guess it was fated for me to bump into you and have you on the show. <laughs> I know her. <laughs> isn't, that a, isn't that amazing? Yeah. Small world. Wow. Yeah. After all these years, and there you were on Amazon, and I thought, wow, she wrote a book. So why did you decide to write a book? Who did you write the book for? Well, first of all, I'm going to talk about the title because I think that really kind of tells the story. So the book is called It's Not Over Yet, Reclaiming Your Real Beauty Power in Your 40s, 50s, and Beyond. And I think the title It's Not Over Yet was really important because and we actually, in our third edition, the book is now called It's Not Over Yet (laughs) with a big exclamation. So if you see It's Not Over Yet with an exclamation, that's the most recent copy of the book. So what this is, it's about women from my point of view, being a beauty professional for my entire life, working with thousands of faces, brides, women on set, uh, it just anything, entertainers, athletes, and just women like you and I, for many years, it's been my life's work. And I've learned a lot about women. I, I think I have a PhD in women, mm-hmm. and I know how they are. And I'm one too, so I get it. And I think I, I know now about aging women. And when I was a young, younger makeup artist in my 30s, you know, probably early 30s, I was teaching classes on makeup for women 40 and beyond. And I couldn't relate to what that was about, but I still knew techniques that could make them look younger. And then when I became that 40 and beyond woman and that 50 and beyond woman, I could relate much more to what I was doing in that area. So it's not over yet. It's about, in my opinion, three types of women the women go in one of three directions. And those directions are Daisy Dukes and Ugg Boots, where they are just not accepting that they're aging, that they have a different type of a look and a different kind of a beauty. And they're really holding on to that younger look. And they're trying desperately to do everything they could do to stay looking young, like, you know, getting a lot of surgery and working out at the gym, just crazy, crazy, um, getting a ton of hair extensions and all these things that we do, even though hair extensions are great because I have them in my hair right now. But I think everything that we do needs to be appropriate. And uh, the other woman is baseball cap and sweatpants. And that lady is the one who she's had a baby or two and she used to be quite, you know, the looker. And then she kind of starts putting the attention more on her kids 
And as she's aging, she kind of lets her kids be front and center. And she just kind of pulls back. She starts wearing baggy clothes and wearing baseball caps and putting her hair in a clip and really not, um, you know, focusing on her beauty anymore, which I think is really sad. And I think a lot of us have done that. And the third woman is, I love my beauty power. And that is the woman who knows that she is maturing. She realizes that things have shifted in her body and her face, but she has a new kind of beauty. And she embraces that beauty power at that level of her life. And so in my book, I'm encouraging women to embrace your beauty power, not give up, don't copy other women, but really bring out your own beauty power. Yeah, excellent advice. And now I found it really interesting that you mentioned that women can fall into three different categories as they get older. And until you said it, I didn't realize how true it really was. You said the first type is kind of the woman that doesn't want to change. She keeps hanging on to the same look that she had when she was young. Then there's the soccer mom. And then the woman who accepts and evolves or changing herself as she evolves into a mature woman. Now, I know you told me a story that made me think that you relate more to the soccer type mom and the stories in your book. So tell us the story about how you became aware that you were kind of letting loose, letting go of your beauty power. Yes. I knew you and I talked about this. And I think when we first talked on the phone a couple of months ago, I think we were kind of laughing about this. And I I mentioned that whenever I'm speaking to women, they start cracking up when they tell them the story. So at my Barnes and Noble book signing, I stood up and told the story and the women all were laughing, but laughing in a way that they could really relate to what I was saying. So here's what it was. I had my daughter and she was a tiny baby. She was about two and I was in the bank and I was in line and I had that typical mom look. I had my sunglasses on. I was hiding behind those. My hair was in a ponytail. I had a hat on and I was dressed in just kind of baggy clothes and I had this beautiful baby in my arms and this lady behind me, we were waiting and she said, well, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a makeup artist and stylist and I just finished working on set on a big project and I just smiled at her and she just said, really? (laughs) And I was like, well, what? And I, and I was, that's kind of rude. And that was just what came out of her. And then when I walked to the car and I looked in the mirror, I looked at myself holding my little baby and I thought, wow, you are, you don't look the same. And so I realized that just because I, you know, gained a little bit of weight and I had, you know, gotten older that I had just kind of given up my beauty power. And I decided, well, I was still very young. I was 42 and that's still very young. And I said, you know what? I'm not giving this up. So I figured out a way to reclaim my beauty. Now, Sally, you kind of coined the phrase beauty power. Tell us exactly what you mean when you say beauty power. What is beauty power? Well, I'm really glad you asked that question. That's a really good, good one because beauty power. Now, just listen to that. You think about that and you think beauty power. What is that? Now, we're not talking about just physical beauty here. We're talking about physical beauty, of course, is part of it. But we're talking about the power, the second word, behind beauty. So it's walking into a room and feeling confident in who you are not self-deprecating, which, you know, a lot of us do that. I'm guilty of it myself. And I, 
you know, my daughter doing that self-deprecating thing. We could talk about that later. It's about walking into a room and owning the room and feeling good about yourself where you are in this point in your life. So what that means is a very important thing in beauty power is let's stop for a second and let's think. I mean, Deanna, you, you, you told me your age and you know my age. We look back at pictures of ourselves when we were about 25 years old. And we're wearing shorts and a cute little t-shirt and we look at our tight legs and our, you know, nice bodies and we look at our skin and we think, wow, I looked gorgeous then. And we lament that we don't have those looks anymore. But when we're 80 years old, we're going to look back at where we are right now and we're going to say, wow, I still looked pretty damn good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the point is, is that I, I see too many women giving that up. And what I mean by that is, just because you don't look, let's say you're a size, you know, six, and now you're a 12, and you know, whatever, just because you don't look like that anymore, I certainly don't, but I still walk into a room commanding the room because I look good, I look good for my age, I look pretty fit for my age, even though I'm, you know, overweight, I'm not a skinny mini, I look good, I dress well, I do my makeup, and it's not easy, because we talked about this earlier this morning, about how every one of us knows that one woman that is always put together. She has her makeup on, her jewelry. She's perfect. She always looks good. And you wonder, what is going on? This woman walks out of her house looking good. She always looks put together. I am not that woman. If you see me in my day off, I've got my shorts and t-shirt and no makeup on. I am the baseball cap. I do have pants women when I'm not at work. But the point is, once you go out there, you really need to put yourself together because we're not 25 anymore and we really can't get away with just throwing on a hat. We need to take some time to put ourselves together. And that's what a lot of my book addresses. A lot of um, 37, I believe it, tips on how to reclaim your beauty power. You have given a lot of good advice in your book about how we can reclaim our beauty power. Uh, but why do you think so many of us women give up our beauty power as we get a bit older. Do we just get lazy or do our priorities change or do some of us just feel like it's useless? We're fighting a losing battle. It just seems to get more difficult as you get older to maintain. So maybe we just surrender to it. Well, I think and it's funny because my business partner said this to me a couple of weeks ago. She said, do you notice that when you put yourself together and you come into the salon and you're really fixed up, do you notice that you make more money that day? Do you notice you sell, I sell more cosmetics that day? And I said, that's absolutely true. And think about it. When you put yourself together and you go out in the world, don't you notice that you make eye contact with people more often, that you start conversations with people more often? When you're not that way, you kind of avoid it. You go into Target, you see somebody you know, and you go, oh, shoot, let me duck in the next aisle because you don't want to make that contact. Right. But when you, you're laughing because we do it all the time. But the thing about it is, if you're, fix, you're feeling good about yourself, you're going to walk up and go, oh, hi, Amy. And you're going to talk. Yeah, I'm laughing because I can totally relate. Oftentimes, if I've just thrown on my sunglasses and a bit of lipstick just to run out and run an errand real quick, that is the time I will always bump into somebody I know. And I feel like hiding too, especially if they look really good. Exactly. That's it, so true. You're, you're thinking, yeah, if, they're, if they look good, you're like, oh, no. Another thing that I talk about in my book is I talk about how do you typecast yourself. And I, I really an important thing to kind of discuss here because 
a lot of us tend to, and I did it too, we typecast ourselves. So what we do is if you think of celebrities who they have a certain role and they keep getting cast in those roles because that's how the audience wants to see them. And they don't want to stay in those roles, but that's how they get the work. Like, let's say you're a scream queen and that's what you get, get cast more and more times every time and you can't get into another role because they've been typecast. So I think that we tend to typecast ourselves. We have a style and then you think about it yourself for a minute. Think about what your personal style is and how we kind of tap, t- typecast ourselves into that style. And we could still keep our style because it is our style, but we have to lose some of the things that are dating us and add some of the things that bring us current. Sometimes we need to get the help of other people. We may need to see a wardrobe stylist. We may need to see a hairstylist or a makeup artist. We need to get the help from others to get ourselves current because we don't know. We don't know everything. So it's important that we look at ourselves and say, am I typecasting myself? Do I need to change? What a great analogy, typecasting. I like that word because that's exactly what we really do. But how do we go about finding our personal style, a style that's right for our unique personality and and our unique persona? Well, what I like to say to do is in my book, I have a little outline and uh, I'll give, I'll give an example. We, I have you paste a picture of yourself, choose the last picture of yourself that you really liked. And then I say, paste a current picture of yourself. You're going to, you're going to put one of your favorite pictures of yourself and you knew you looked like top of the world, beautiful, and then a current picture. And then you're going to look at those pictures and you're going to compare those. So that right there, you're kind of looking at what, how you like yourself to look, what you like about yourself. And then what I tell you to do is take the picture and mold it into the design of the new you. What do you love about the earlier you? What part of that would you like to bring forward? So I talk about Madonna, for instance. I mean, whether you see her as positive or negative, Madonna is the queen of reinvention. Would you say, would you agree with me on that? She knows how to do it. So Madonna was always could carry forward the best parts of her look into a new look. So she's always still Madonna and she brings it forward. So what I recommend is let's say you're a speaker in my book. I have a woman, Linnea. She's a, she's a platform speaker. And her thing was she always wore red suits on stage, red suits, and she's got strawberry red hair. And that was Linnea's look, but her stuff was starting to look dated. Her look was dated. So we decided to, Keep the red suit, but we're going to have a fitted red suit, a more current look. We're going to change her hairstyle, take off some length, update her makeup, give her some accessories. She still has the red suit. She's still Linnea with the red hair, but it's an updated look. So I like pencil skirts. I look good because I'm a curvy woman. I look good in long black pencil skirts and black jackets. That's what I like, but I have to keep it current. I have to you know, change myself up a little bit. What's popular now? Do something a little bit edgy to kind of make yourself current. Like I'm going to luncheon today. When you and I hang up, I'll be going to a luncheon. I'm going to have to put myself together. What am I going to wear? I'm going to look good, but I'm going to be current. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And what I think really happens here is our style becomes part of our identity. And by keeping that same style, we date ourselves. And, you know, changing something is scary because it feels like we're giving up part of ourselves. 
Well, I can if, I can tell you one thing really quick here that my friend Lawrence Sarian, who who's a he's he's a a celebrity. He's on TV all the time. He's a style guru, and he wrote the book Lawrence Sarian's Ten Commandments for a Perfect Wardrobe. And he could take any woman of any style, shape, color, whatever, face frame, and he can remake her. And this man is truly amazing. But what Lawrence says is don't worry about the size. Go into a store. And I'm telling my daughter that. You know, she's she's lost a little weight now and she's feeling really good about herself. She's a size six and she was I think she was a, a nine before. And she goes, Mom, look, I can wear this, I can wear this. But then sometimes she puts something on and it's a little too tight. I said, No, no, no. Don't look at the size, look at how it fits. So Lawrence says, don't even, you know, worry about that. If you have to go a size bigger or smaller, put something on that fits you. Even if you have to buy something bigger and have it tailored to your body, that's going to be more flattering. That's what they do in Hollywood. They put the clothes and have them fit them to the body. So I went off on a tangent again, but the point is, is that we sometimes need help with our, with our personal style. Like I know I do when I go shopping, I always ask for help. Because I'm going to tend to go in there and pick another black dress. It's going to be Sally and her 50th black dress. <laughs> so I'm going to have to make myself buy a navy blue, a charcoal, even a you know burgundy. I still want something kind of in a deeper color. But it's not going to be black. Because I already have too many of those. And I see women doing that. They come home with another navy blue sweater. Mm-hmm. So let's not do that. Yeah, I think a lot of us do that, myself included. I seem to pick up the same color nail polish, the same type of clothing, and I don't even realize I'm doing it. It's sort of subconscious. I get at home and I go, gosh, I have about 10 colors of this nail polish. Why do I keep buying the same ones? Sally, how do you feel about women who dress sexy after 50? Is that a good look for a woman in her 50s? I totally love it. I love it. However, here's the thing. When we were 30, we could wear a certain style and it would look good on us. We could wear a tight material. We could show our curves. We could show a little cleavage. We can do that. We could still show some cleavage. I want to show a little cleavage. I have cleavage, but I'm going to show a little bit of cleavage, not a maximum amount. We have, you know, on our backs, if we have, sometimes we have those lumps and those bumps. If we're going to wear a tight shirt, it should be slowly, excuse me, draping the body, not super tight. That's not flattering. Even if you're a small woman, it's not flattering if there's lumps and bumps. So you have to get materials that are going to flatter the body. And this is something that I've learned the hard way many, many times because I'm on camera a lot and I'll pick something out. And I'll look at it later on camera and I'll be like, oh, no, that totally didn't work. So I had to remake myself. And so all these things I'm telling women, I've gone through myself. Now, in your book, you talk about how your mother affected your life choices and you describe your mother and your mother and my mother sound very much alike. We, my mother loved clothes. She loved shopping. She loved old movies. So tell us about your mother. How did she affect your life choices? Well, in the book, and I I love it that we both really love our mamas. So in the book, I talk about how my mom 
was a stunning beauty. And when you, when you get my book and you see her pictures, you'll agree with me. She was movie star gorgeous. But yet my mom didn't really like to focus so much on her looks. She focused on, you know, having fun and going shopping. And she, I mean, she loved to get dressed up, but she didn't really want to focus, focus on her looks. However, when my mom got older and she's aged through, you know, the terrible effects of the sun due to us and some smoking, you know, because in her age, it was okay in her time. It really aged her skin. My mom still has beautiful bone structure, but she had, you know, kind of a lot of wrinkles. And my mom said to me that she wished that she hadn't been afraid of having cosmetic surgery, having some enhancements, but she was just, in her time, she was afraid of that because at that time, it's when Phyllis Diller and, and um, Elizabeth Taylor and these type of women were really out about their cosmetic procedures, but very few women were doing that. And so my mom was afraid. And so she really encouraged me that if I wanted to do something to enhance myself, that would help me feel like I don't look tired. She said for me to do it. And I did have my eyes done about 10 years ago. It really did help me. That's the only thing I've had done. Everything else was me. And um, I think that I think my mom was a real role model because she loved fashion and she loved going shopping and she loved getting dressed up. But my mom, even though she was, let's say she passed away at 84. So up into her early eighties, she was still into it. And my mom would wear hats and all of that. And even though she was an older woman and she looked older, she looked stylish. And so I think that's probably where I got the whole beauty power mindset from. And my mom was one of my first role models in that area. But another thing I really want the ladies that are listening to hear this is that think about this. You're a role model for the younger women coming up. So they're looking at us. And my daughter's looking at me, even though she's she's not. My assistant Gabby's checking me out. They're watching what I'm doing. And that's a lot of pressure. But we need a role model for younger women that it's okay to get older. I mean, do I like it? No, I don't like it, but we really don't have a lot of choice. So it's okay to get older, but show these women, younger women, how you're doing it with style and pizzazz. I agree. Whether we know it or not, we do affect the younger generation. We are role models. So it's important for us to maintain our style, our sense of self, and not to give up on ourselves. Be the best we can be at any age. Absolutely. And I think that it's, it's important that you, you really focus on what your positive things are. Like some of us, you know, you might have beautiful skin, you might have great teeth, you might have really long legs, whatever it is that you have, I think you need to take that and rock your look with it. If you think of Christy Brinkley, she basically kept her look. I mean, she's still uptown girl. She's in her sixties now. She looks great, but look at Christy Brinkley. Has she changed all that much? She's updated, but she's still Christy Brinkley. And I think that's important too. And I think she's role modeling other women. You don't see Christy Brinkley modeling in a, you know, high cut two piece bikini. She was on a magazine recently and she's wearing a, a kind of conservative black one piece bathing suit. She's showing, I still have a body. I still look good, but I am 60 and I have to be a role model to my daughters. And I think that's what's important. Now, I don't want to give away your whole book, but I do have a couple more questions here for you. And one of the things I'd really like to know about, or I think our listeners might find interesting, was where you were at emotionally when you decided to write your book. As far as emotional, I think it was hard because 
I went through a life change in, in my mid fifties. I'm 59 now. Um, I went through a life change where my, my daughter's father and I decided to split. And I was at that age having to start all over again and really feeling, you know, vulnerable because I, I mean, can you imagine a lot of women are scared? They won't do it. They'll stay in a relationship where they're not necessarily happy because that's their cocoon. And I, I don't fault the women for doing that because some women, that's what they need to do and that's what they want to do. But I think for me emotionally, it was really, really hard to start over again. And I think the book was kind of a launching pad for me in a way to make that happen. And I did learn lessons. I've learned things that can be done better. And my second half of life, I'm going to kick some major you-know-what. Hooray for you, Sally. That's the attitude we all want to hear. I really think your book appeals to women of all ages. And with that being said, if you only had one piece of advice to give all women, what would that be? Um, I would say don't copy. Be your own person. I kind of mentioned that earlier. We're going to definitely take uh, some inspiration from other people. There's no question of that because I talked earlier about going to other people for help. Uh, I think that's important. And if you can be inspired by someone else, that's great. But I think that you should be really careful not to copy. I think that if every woman is wearing, you know, high cut jeans and they don't work for you, you can't force yourself into a high cut jeans. I think that if every woman is wearing long, long hair down to their waist and it doesn't flatter your face, don't do it. And I think it's important that, you know, now what's been popular with the younger set is the very severe makeup with the super dark eyebrows. And then I'm seeing a lot of women doing that. And when my girls come in and I train them, I say, look, we're going to not do the dark eyebrows <laughs> because that just kind of makes everybody look like um, carbon copies of each other. So I, I'm encouraging younger women to not copy and not just be you know, carbon copies of other women, figure out your own beauty power, power. And I know it's hard, but you'll figure out what your personal style is. And I mean, it took me a long time. I'm not saying that I knew it either. It took me a a long time and I'm still discovering my beauty power. You know, when I was doing my book signings and when I was first speaking, I was going on stage with animal print dresses and bright pink and really sexalicious clothes because I was kind of trying to show women, look, you know, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little overweight. I got a little junk in the trunk here. I got a little extra stuff around the middle, but I'm still curvy and I look good. And you know what? I'm going to rock it. But what I realized was that's not really a hundred percent me. I I'm doing this to really create a message, but then I'm going to have women copying me and doing that too. So I realized I needed to be more authentic and that's what I'm doing now. I'm being very authentic. Sally Vance wearing Yeah, in your book, you stress about being authentic, and you go into a lot of detail about it, but we don't have time for your whole book, and we don't want to give your whole book away. Sally, what would you say makes your book so different? There's a lot of beauty books out there. Why do you feel your book stands out, or what? what, why do you feel your book is different from any of the other beauty books out there? Well, I I think the most important thing to, to say is a lot of books out there, and they were very helpful. They're how you can look younger, how to look hotter, how to not look your age. And the books are actually titled like that. And that's kind of women are being told, and I'm being told, 
you know, you can't be your age. You have to look younger. You have to pass for younger. My ex-business partner, she said to me once, she's like 12 years younger than me. I look a lot younger than my age. And she said, stop telling people your real age. Well, why? Because then people think that you and I are the same age, but I'm actually a lot younger than you. I'll start laughing. I said, really? That's why you don't want me to tell them? But it's true. We we love it when we pass. I love it when I could pass for, you know, 10 years younger than myself. But what does that really say? What does that say about me? And what does that say about us? You know, that we, the, oh, I thought you were much younger than that. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Why can't we be our age? And that's something that I'm still dealing with. So I think that I kind of got off my thing again, but I think really what it is, is that we can be our age and still look good. Yeah, I think that we're made to feel embarrassed about being older. And, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It happens to all of us. And, you know, it's so it's so true because my daughter and I go places together and we do look a lot alike and we're both blonde and we both have kind of a similar body type. She obviously looks a lot better than me because she's 17. But we go places together and sometimes we will say, oh, I thought you were her. I thought she was you. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And then she looks at them a little horrified, like, oh, my God. <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's, it's, it's we, we have to allow ourselves to get older and feel good about ourselves and look good. And there's so many different things that you can do. I mean, sometimes it's a simple thing of losing the foundation. You know, you being a skincare person, I'm sure you agree with me. I tell women, get rid of the foundation. Use a tinted primer instead. Use some lip glosses. Don't use like dark, heavy lip lipsticks, which actually make us look older. You know, don't do the heavy, dark eyebrows. Just shape your brows, but do it nice, do it light, do it blended. All these things will make us look younger. And take the time to style our hair. Take the time to put some makeup on. There's so many things in the book. Well, the book is certainly a good read. And I think it's a good read for women of all ages. Yeah, I've had a lot of young women read the book and tell me they learned a hell of a lot of things. Because there's so many tips um, for women of all ages. Great. Well, there's certainly a lot of great tips and information in your book. We're just about out of time here. So before I let you go, I'd like to ask you, Sally, what's in the future for Sally? Or what projects are you working on now? What's the next step for Sally? Well, what I'm doing is we are putting my makeup line out there in a big way. We're, do, we're holding makeup classes at my salon, and we're doing the whole beauty power mindset. So every month at my salon, the third Thursday, we do either a makeup, skin, or hair class, and we show women how to really bring out their beauty power. So that's very tantamount right now what I'm doing. And then I'm doing videos that we're putting out on the internet with more of beauty power tips, and I'm going back on stage doing my platforming work and continuing to push out the book. I want to take this message to every woman. I think most women in this country need to read this book. All right, then. So where can we find the book? Okay, so it's the book is titled, It's Not Over Yet, Reclaiming Your Real Beauty Power in Your 40s, 50s, and Beyond. It's a bright pink book, and you'll see it on Amazon.com. It's also available on BarnesandNoble.com and also available directly from me in my salon. If you want to come to my salon, I'll sign a copy for you. And my salon is the A-List at Indo Salon. We're on Cinema Drive. We're in uh, Valencia. 
Do you also have an email address or even a website where the listeners could contact you? Okay, it's Sally Van Swearingen at gmail.com and sallyvanswearingen.com. And I will put the links to Sally's website in the show notes. All right, Sally, I know you have a luncheon to get to, and I don't want to keep you any longer, but I want to thank you very much for being on. It was a pleasure speaking to you today, and I hope to see you. I hope we meet up and uh, catch up. Deanna, I'm so excited. I can't wait to talk to you and see you in person. Bye. The Beauty Advisor is a part of the Beauty Radio Network. If you have a podcast or need help in starting a podcast and would like to be a part of a free, supportive network, then learn more by contacting Deanna at beautyradionetwork.com.